This is MPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme, some trivia, and some menu items you can enjoy while having your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is, it's not retro, it's Canadian. Yay! And our first movie for this week is 2015's Turbo Kid. Uh, written and directed by Francois Simard, Anouk Whistle, and Yoann Carl Whistle, and I'm so sorry sure. for those <laughs> what I, <laughs> I did to those names. Um, and it's currently streaming on Shudder. <laughs> uh, in a post-apocalyptic future, the kid, played by Monroe Chambers, a solid young solitary scavenger obsessed with comic books, must face his fears and become a reluctant hero when he meets a mysterious girl named Apple, played by Lawrence LaBeouf. Despite their efforts to keep to themselves, Zeus, played by Michael Ironside, the sadistic and self-proclaimed leader of the Wasteland, plagues the kid and Apple. Armed with little more than blind faith and an ancient turbocharged weapon, the kid learns of justice and friendship and embarks on an incredible journey to rid the Wasteland of evil and save the girl of his dreams. (laughs) And our second movie is PG Psycho Gorman from 2020 and also can be found on Shudder. And the Rotten Tomatoes review is siblings Mimi and Luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord who was entombed on Earth millions of years ago after a failed attempt to destroy the universe. They nickname the evil creature Psycho Gorman, or PG for short, and use the magical amulet they discovered to force him to obey their childish whims. It isn't long before PG's reappearance draws the attention of intergalactic friends and foes from across the cosmos, and a rogues gallery of alien combatants converges in the small town suburbia to battle for the fate of the galaxy. (laughs) Alright, so we chose these two movies. We had both seen both of these movies before. Yes. Um because we felt like they had a very similar, I guess, uh, energy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Retro energy, if you will. Um, They definitely play with, I'd say, 80s nostalgia a lot. Maybe early 90s in the case of Psycho Garmin. Yeah. Also. And I guess the thing is that even though Turbo Kid may feel more like 80s style, it is supposed to be 1997. Right, yeah. It's the... It's a... of the past version of the future from the present. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, and I'd say they both would fall into the sci-fi action comedy mm-hmm. genre, if yes. you will. Um, but I'd say, we're getting into the nitty-gritty, I'd say that Psycho Gorman is a, more of a comedy first than Turbo Kid is. How yes. do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I feel like Turbo Kid is very much more like playing it straight mm-hmm. and the comedy is like the ridiculousness of, yeah. of what's happening, but happening, like they're not really like addressing it. Yeah, so they would be playing it straight and Psycho Gorman is really more the way that people are saying things and I guess like the, yeah, the way they say things I guess has much more <laughs> It's more, more character-based comedy, yeah, in Psycho Gorman I, I'd say it's like... there are also ridiculous things happening but uh people aren't really 
reacting to them the way that they would be in the real world because they're they're also ridiculous characters yes yes <laughs> um another thing i feel like these two have in common is great opportunities for cosplay <laughs> in both of them yes i wrote down costumes and makeup yeah <laughs> um apple i feel like is still i i one of us should do that that costume at some point. I've, I feel like she's a great costume. I've had it written down on my list for a very long time. I remember trying to find one of those like blue kind of like jumpsuits mm-hmm. and looking almost like for like how Breaking Bad has like, the yellow jumpsuits, but sort of like a blue like painter's yeah. jumpsuit and stuff like that. And she's got, you know, her jewelry and then she's got her gnome stick. And stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes, the gnome stick. Um, and even Turbo Kid is mostly, I feel like you can accomplish a lot of his costume with like just i don't know uh protective gear really it's just like yeah like elbow pads and yeah. things like that yeah and the helmet <laughs> and the helmet um and then uh zeus himself has like uh you know he's got his great mask and the eye patch when you take it off um and similarly the bad guys in psycho gorman all have just really iconic looks very different for each of them yes not all of them as easily accomplished because you've got some alien creatures uh, in there <laughs> but uh still really uh really unique and and fun like character designs i'd say all over both of these movies yeah i think the yeah the makeup and the costumes for both movies are really impressive mm-hmm. with what they what they did um they're both also very, uh, they're graphic films. Yes. <laughs> I would not recommend it, these two people who are squeamish about blood. Um, but it's also, uh, th- there's a line, right? Because, like, I feel like for some people, it's like when the when the gore is realistic, it's much worse than when it's, like, in these movies where it's completely over the top. Yes. It's, like, just, you know, splurting out of, you know, people who get cut in half or have their top of their head cut off or like <laughs> you know yeah we have expl- exploding people in both and yeah. we have decapitations in both mm-hmm. and uh there's even kind of like a rain moment i don't want to ruin it if you're going to talk about it later but yes it's <laughs> <laughs> just blood raining down <laughs> yes yeah it's beautiful really <laughs> <laughs> romantic yeah i'll say <laughs> yeah um and yeah uh plot wise I'd say both feel like very standard, like sort of, again, they're, they're borrowing from 80s nostalgia. There is an element of like discovering something underground of great, you know, immense power yes. <laughs> that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. a kid gets to wield. Um, so they have that in common. But other than that, it's a, it's a bit different, I'd say, for each movie. Obviously, uh, Turbo Kid takes place in a post-apocalypse world. So that has an effect, I'd say. <laughs> yes. Uh, they both also have great music. I feel like the soundtracks for yes. both of these would be really great. Yeah. It, they're, I was trying to remember because Turbo Kid came out in 2015. And I was like, when did Stranger Things come back? Um, because I feel like there was definitely a resurgence of 80s nostalgia around that time. Yeah. Stranger Things was the following year, 2016. And I was trying to think of other movies that maybe had that sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? That like synth soundtrack like Turbo Kid does. I could think of like It Follows and The Guest, I think, but only mm-hmm. in horror, I feel like it made that resurgence more so than um, anywhere else <laughs> in uh, the genre, uh, different genres of movies. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say Turbo Kid was like sort of right on trend <laughs> there <laughs> for that, uh, that 80s nostalgia and especially in the soundtrack. 
And then Psycho Gorman has the great, it's almost a musical Psycho Gorman, as I'd say. Yeah, there are there are two songs. There's like a song over the end credits, and then there's also the song that like she sings mm-hmm. in it that, that comes back later as like yeah, an, emotional, an emotional moment that that we have. Um, but yes, a and rep- then... reprise of yes. the song. And then like heavy guitar also yeah. <laughs> while they play crazy ball and stuff. And, you know, just then like it cuts out and you just see it's, it seems really intense with the music and then it's just it's just two kids throwing balls back yeah. and forth in the backyard. But, yeah. uh, all right. So that's really those are all the things that I have written down. Yeah, me too. Oh, and they're oh. both <laughs> Right, the title of the episode. Yes. They're also both Canadian films. They're also both Canadian films. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um I didn't see Turbo Kid was pretty pretty dang low budget. It was I have this in the trivia, but we can go over it now. Yeah, it yeah. was a, a Indiegogo funded movie uh, with a budget of sixty thousand dollars. I'm not sure what the budget for Psycho Gorman was. It I would expect it to be higher just based on the makeup and effects, but yeah, the director said it was eight hundred and fifty thousand, mm-hmm. and then I think he had a lot of help from um, makeup artists and things like that to help him do like the effects. So it probably should have cost more. I know that like IMDb listed, I think is like one point five million, but the director said eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. So yeah. I'm just gonna still just gonna go with that. I mean, these days that's not a that's not. I mean, sixty thousand is crazy low, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but even eight hundred fifty thousand dollars when you, compared to most movies that are released these days, I feel like anything less than a million is like wow, it's really low budget. Yeah, I mean, even then, both these movies also, it's not like it's the indie movie where it's one angsty kid just like yeah. at home like just regular it's not things like are a happening. romance or some sort of like yeah <laughs> yeah just like trying to like grow up and make things work it's like no we have like an alien council <laughs> and we have it's like our climax is one alien just pulling body parts to assemble a weapon from another alien <laughs> so. Uh, so on that note uh, yeah. should we get into the specifics here yes so we'll start with turbo kid I just want to go, I just want to recite the opening monologue because it really sort of sets the scene for <laughs> what we're about to, to watch. Um, and we've got, uh, of course, some uh, a deep-voiced man with a, an Australian accent <laughs> yes. delivering this monologue in case you weren't sure what this was inspired by. Um, <laughs> this is the future. The world as we know it is gone. Acid rain has left the land barren and the water toxic. Scarred by endless wars, humanity struggles to survive in the ruins of the old world, frozen in an everlasting nuclear winter. This is the future. This is the year 1997. (laughs) Uh, So we meet Turbo Kid, who's the kid living on the wasteland. Um, And we sort of follow him as he scavenges. And then we very quickly meet Apple, who's the scroll who's like it's just super friendly outgoing to an almost unnerving degree and turbo kid does not immediately take a, sh- take a shining to her because of that um and i do want to talk about apple because i'll i'll say if i had to name a negative about this movie i'd say that it is nostalgic almost to a fault and that it follows the 80s trend of very thinly drawn female characters who were mostly used just to propel our protagonist to what do what he needs to do. Um, so uh, Apple is someone that I would say falls into the manic pixie dream girl trope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
pretty classically like she, she she's super outgoing for our you know sort of sad sack male protagonist you know, he's not terrible but he's he's you know sort of stuck in his ways yeah and uh she's got her bright colored hair and she's very cute and quirky um but i will say i like apple despite all this and it, maybe it's because she's a robot we get that reveal later yeah. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's because she's a robot and so all of these uh characteristics sort of makes sense in the case of her being a robot yeah she was made to be this way she is yeah. made to be your friend and so <laughs> the whole purpose of her is to serve this function yeah so um so i i don't really mind it that much you know that's my main problem with the movie and i, I wouldn't say that it's a, a big issue for me in the in the big picture what do you think no i find her very likable yeah and like it's also because of that i feel like it's just like oh she was within this movie she was created for exactly that we're gonna just gonna call it out and she's created for that and so then that's why she is super friendly and why she is like attractive and like yeah. also kind of off like a <laughs> yeah, little too a little bit. she invades your personal space bubble <laughs> um um and so apple follows him around we get uh to this great scene where he fashions a weapon for her which is her gnome stick <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a gnome on a stick, yeah. taped to a stick. Uh, and he hands it to her and she goes, this is so pretty. <laughs> and you know what it is. I would it love is. this. I, would love I love this the gnome stick. Um, and then they are uh, quickly attacked. Uh, Apple is captured and uh, Turbo Kid falls down into this like chamber <laughs> of this is where, you know, it goes very sci-fi um, very quickly. And, and we see that his comic book hero uh turbo rider is a real person um who i guess has died in at some point in the apocalyptic wasteland and so he dons turbo rider's uh suit and his weapon and goes to save apple <laughs> great <laughs> and then we get this great uh sequence in an empty pool where uh zeus has sort of set up this uh gladiator type yeah, game fighting pit yeah fighting pit um we also meet frederick who is this um now one-handed um arm wrestling champion <laughs> i feel like normally this would be his story yes this would this this is our basically our mad max character this would normally be his movie yes but instead we're following turbo <laughs> yeah like we meet him and they're arm wrestling with um like what uh, I can't even think of like the word like when you're gonna burn someone like brand a brand someone. yeah yes so they're arm wrestling and the idea is you lose when your hand hits the brand mm -hmm. like that's how we meet him <laughs> is him winning at that game and um we learn at this point that zeus is taking the losers of the the match and throwing them into like this giant grinder uh <laughs> and turning them into water that's how he has all the water um and a couple points here number one um I used to sell body parts uh, for a living, and I recognize all the body parts in this movie because I, I sold them. Fake, fake, bo fake, <laughs> body, fake parts. body parts. <laughs> <laughs> and so just to provide my own unique perspective on that, um, these were body parts that generally would have been used by other productions, more higher budget productions for background, for set dressing and, t and things like that. They're very front and center in this movie. So you can kind of tell how fake looking they are, but I also think it works for the aesthetic that this movie is going for. I feel like 
back in the 80s, you could tell when a body part was fake yeah. and, you know, when a prop was fake like that. So it doesn't really take you out of it. I think it works uh, for the tone that this movie is going for. It does, yeah. Um, and another note, so I just want to point out that this movie came out in 2015 at the same time as Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> Which would also be a great double feature, I think. So, yeah, it would be like a dystopian future movie. Yeah. You have like, uh, you have where people a, are searching for water. You have, yeah, you have the search for water. You have this sadistic overlord uh, who wears a mask and, <laughs> uh, and has control over the source of water for everyone. And like a crazy looking army yeah. behind him. <laughs> Just thought that that was fun. Yeah. Um, but it is also just fun to compare because Fury Road uh, does not feel uh, as much like a throwback to old Mad Max as this movie feels like yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Fury Road is a modern, you know, it's it feels very forward thinking. It it's, it, I mean, it's a much higher budget movie, obviously. Yeah. So. <laughs> But it's fun how much this movie feels like old Mad Max, and that one is like the future of Mad Max. Um, So we get uh, them teaming up with Frederick to... Frederick? Is that his name? Yep. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Teaming up with Frederick to escape this uh, situation that they found themselves in. Uh, Apple is... is, just goes right for the jugular with uh, her gnome stick, and we get the great, feel the wrath of Mr. Gnome. (laughs) Do you feel it? (laughs) That's the thing. I feel like she would have had so much fun playing this character yep. because she is a robot, so she gets to be like a little odd, and she has all these really nice like little mm-hmm. moments. Um, they escape and uh, sort of go their separate ways with both the kid with uh, Apple, and we get a, a really cute scene where Apple teaches him to fight, well, sort of teaches him to fight. Yeah. Um, she basically just tells him to go. Uh, go hard for eyes, throat, genitals, which she does on him. And then it's like, there you go. Now you know everything that yeah. you need to know <laughs> about fighting. Um, there's also a great uh, set piece I just want to point out with the gore um, where uh, the kid's um, acquaintance, uh, Bagu, is captured by uh, Zeus and is tortured via a... <laughs> He attaches his intestines to an exercise bike mm-hmm. and threatens him. And then when he gets the information he wants, he goes, well, it took me a while to get all this set up. So you understand, right? <laughs> uh, and it's ridiculous and gory. And I thought it was great. <laughs> it is. It's a great visual of the stationary bike just going and his intestines just wrapping around the back wheel. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the kid and Apple, the, the Zeus's henchmen, catch up with them again, and she is uh, left behind. Uh, she had she had been damaged during the initial skirmish, and so uh, they had been on their way to sort of try to figure out how to to fix her to like a graveyard to to fix her. Um, but uh, he believes that the kid believes that he was unsuccessful, and he's rescued by Frederick after he's knocked out by the henchmen. Um, so he uh, decides to go with Frederick to take out Zeus once and for all um, and be a hero like like his hero, Turbo Rider. <laughs> uh, and then we get a big epic final battle 
between everybody and there's there's just buckets and buckets of blood and it's it's really pretty (laughs) 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 in certain points (laughs) Uh, (laughs) normal state it's a normal statement yeah Yes, there is a great sequence where um, there's blood raining down and uh, Apple and uh, the kid are under an umbrella as, as it comes down and they, they have their final, or their first and final, which turns out to be their final kiss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we get the reveal that Zeus was also a robot. <gasps> um, <laughs> so the kid blows him up and Apple protects him during the blast and uh, finally meets her end uh, that way. Uh, and we also get, uh, they, they find a water source underneath the blast, and uh, Frederick is planning to go and distribute the water to everyone, and the kid, just after burying Apple, decides to go out and explore the wasteland. I feel bad that Apple dies. I wish that... I know. Uh... I, I mean, she's a robot, so I feel like, you know, you could still bring her back at some point. Yeah. In, in theory. And there is still word of a Turbo Kid 2 out there. Oh. Who knows if that'll actually happen. It's on IMDb. <laughs> but, you know, it might just be wishful thinking on the part of the filmmakers. But uh, I'm on board if they if they make a Turbo Kid 2. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would too. I mean, really, she could even come back just as another version of that same robot. True. Yeah, yeah she if she's like a standard model, then there could be just another apple out there somewhere. Yeah, or orange or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. I also like the makeup that Michael Irons had had when you find out that he is a robot. Oh, there's yeah. like the kind of like slashes on him, but that you can see the metal underneath, like his skin. I enjoyed that. And then also like the kid kills someone with like what would be a unicorn horn kind mm-hmm. of situation. And it's like that's I realized I'm like, that's our second unicorn death because of Cabin in the Woods. woods. It's like, (laughs) we've had two impalings by unicorn horn. I mean, really, if a unicorn is in your horror movie, (laughs) what else are you going to be doing with it? You just don't (laughs) often see it, so. It's true. Um, And, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of trivia here, except for, yeah, we covered the the budget. Um, So it was originally supposed to take place in 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 a desert wasteland, um, but you may have noticed there is some water like on the ground uh, as we're going around. You know, there's a lot of BMX bike chases in this movie. Yes. So, um, so they added that line about acid rain in the opening monologue to explain why there's there is water, but it's not drinkable water. Yes. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Which is good because then at least you also don't have to worry about cutting around water all of the time. Yeah. You yeah. can use the landscapes that you have in the background for your movie. Um, all right, so PG Psycho Gorman. Um, yeah, so things that I wanted to talk about in this, and I have a lot of quotes written down just because <laughs> there's so many funny things that are said. But mm-hmm. so first, uh, I want to talk about the actors and how great they are. This cast does a really great job. Oh, yeah, they're hilarious. Uh, like Adam Brooks, who plays the father, Greg, he's really funny. <laughs> And, again, this is going to be a bad podcast uh, for name pronunciation. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Vlahos, who is the voice of Psycho Gorman, he's scary and he's hilarious. He has a yeah. lot that he has to do, a real fine line of, like, he has to be intimidating, but also has to make it funny when he says things that you would not normally hear. <laughs> From a terrifying monster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then, but I think like the real standout mm-hmm. in this movie is Nita. Um, we're gonna say Jose, <laughs> uh, Hannah. I tried to watch some interviews with her, and then they just kept referring to her as Nita. And it's like, can you say her whole name right, so yeah. that you can hear? But anyway, but she's great, and the kids aren't always known for being like the best actor. But she's doing a lot in this movie. I mean, it's her movie. She has is, to yeah. keep the the whole thing running, and she absolutely does. Yes. I feel like even with, like, facial expressions and the way that she says things and stuff like that, she had a lot to memorize. It sounds like she, um, this was the most she ever had to, to memorize, obviously, because she is essentially the, the lead of this movie. Mm-hmm. But by the time they got to set, like, she knew everybody's lines. Like, yeah. she knew everything. She was very well prepared, so. I'll also say she's also great with her physicality. Like, she, she has some, like, real physical comedy moments. Yes. I'm thinking of when she snaps the crucifix in half. <laughs> <laughs> and like grabs her bag and leaves that is just gold i love it so much yeah even like when uh, her mom calls it i think goofy ball and she's yeah. just like this intense eye roll and just <laughs> she's just so upset crazy ball <laughs> yes. um and then yes for quotes i have which the way the movie starts off is they're going to play this game which we never learn the rules of no i mean they're like they say some of the rules but fully understanding the game we we never actually learn so it's like winner is champion of the universe loser is buried alive (laughs) i love that also they seem to be going through with the buried alive bit like (laughs) i'm curious how far they would have gone with that if they hadn't found psycho gorman (laughs) underneath (laughs) <laughs> yeah. because he's digging a hole like he's going down yeah. which I feel like is a lot of this movie also yeah. is just accepting things that are crazy just yeah. as just what's happening um, in a lot of ways it's it feels like a live action cartoon um, yeah and I would even say that she is almost a um, like a more sadistic Louise Belcher <laughs> yes yeah, is that's the character that she reminds me of the most, but like e- even even more over the top somehow than the cartoon version. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I have so sh- uh, the kids are asking Luke, her brother is asking, like, is there such a thing as monsters? <laughs> and the dad goes, in a lot of ways, humans are the real monsters. <laughs> so I'd say yes. The parents also accept a lot of stuff in yeah. this film uh, that normally would not be okay yeah they just kind of go along i do feel a little bad for the mom who is in a lot of ways the straight man to all of this craziness that's happening around her yeah um but you know she does it well i'll say that she does she has to play the straight man to like a crazy daughter and like a lazy husband who gets a lot of good lines yeah but she does get to dress up later in the in the movie she also like has her moment so (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, we have Psycho Gorman's, like, his big, big line, I feel like, uh, I do not care for hunky boys, (laughs) or do I? Um, And then I have, like, some other, like, dialogue things written down, which I think producer Ryan was going to, to help me with. We only ran through it once. Do you want to, you don't, it's whatever you want to do. Okay. Yeah, since I'm going to go through all the, we're going to go through all the quotes now. (laughs) I'm going to gonna do it now is he doing the psycho gorman voice or what's what's yeah so he's gonna do the uh he's gonna be doing greg the father and he's gonna be doing psycho gorman (laughs) um so i'm gonna start with this one and then you can cut around these 
as you see fit. <laughs> so I'm going to start here. So there's a scene of like Alistair, which is like Luke's friend. Yes. And who Mimi has a crush on. And it's when he goes and he first uh, meets PG. So he's like, it was nice meeting you. It would be nicer if you were dead. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> And then Alistair comes over for dinner, and uh, the father has made dinner. Right. In the microwave. <laughs> yes. How great is this chicken, Alistair? It's my special recipe. It's, uh, it's a little tough, Dad. The microwave will do that, but it sure brings out the flavor. What did you three maniacs get up to? We were playing guns in the forest. Guns? Now that sounds fun. <laughs> Back when I was in the army, we used to play guns all the time, except... It was called the Iraq War. We played for keeps. <laughs> uh, so then when the parents first meet, uh, PG. PG, yeah. Um, and this is right after Alistair has also been turned into a giant. Yes, they like run out and they see this <laughs> scary alien hanging out with their kids and the friend Alistair, they don't know it's Alistair, has right. now been turned into a giant brain. So yeah. it's just this giant brain walking around. <laughs> Or waddling around, or I guess whatever, slithering. I don't know whatever he I've got to say, I feel bad for Alistair oh in this my movie. Gosh, yes. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. And, like, I know other people are dying or being blown up or turned into, like, walking corpses or whatever in, like, extreme pain. But I'm just like, he's just stuck as a giant blob brain. Yeah, he's such a nice boy. <laughs> I think maybe it's the character design. It has, like, giant eyes that look yeah. kind of sad <laughs> the yeah. whole time. But I just feel so bad for Alistair. He's an innocent kid. Yeah, he just, you know, she just had a crush on him, and so this is what he got. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So Susan, the mom, is he going to kill us? Maybe. No way. PG's a big softy. He wouldn't hurt anybody. Right, buddy? My entire existence is built on death and destruction. (laughs) I will kill you both. No, 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 no. You won't. PG's just being a goof. He's family now. Don't worry. Be worried. (laughs) When I'm free of your daughter's control, I will bathe in your blood. Ha! PG, you're such a whack job. (laughs) I will kill you. I will kill you. I will kill you. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And then... uh, Great stuff. Yes. And so, PG was uh, sort of like... he He was enslaved... And hidden away so that he couldn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. And Pandora is kind of like the, the leader. She's the chosen one from this council to go and, and stop him on Earth. And she arrives on Earth to stop him. Yeah. And she has this interaction at the police station <laughs> when she arrives there. Just as if it's completely, completely normal. And this is after uh, PG has turned one of the... I don't know what you would say exactly... He's messed with one of the cops, so he's never going to be the same again. No, yeah, he's like a walking, like, zombie thing, almost. It's a... Except he's, like, aware. He's, like, aware of what's He's, like, aware. He's, like, his face is melted, and he's, like, stumbling around, but he's aware enough to write, please kill me on a note. Oh, I love it. The Valentine, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about the please kill me, like, Valentine (laughs) later. Um, But, yes, so... Pandora arrives on Earth, and then she's at the police station. And actually, producer Ryan was gonna do was gonna do this as well. <laughs> last one, last one. Excuse me, human. I've been searching for a nameless evil that was buried here long ago. He's awoken, and has most likely slaughtered half your people already. Have you seen him? 
And then the cop just says, no offense, ma'am, but that description is a little vague. (laughs) As if that wouldn't be the weirdest thing that happened to you. I'll also say, like, we're we're kind of like not rooting for pandora in this and granted she does kill some some people uh you know without much thought she 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 just picks up a a human woman from earth and like uh turns her into a meat cube okay yes so she they they summon a human to like their council she turns her into a cube crushes the cube smears the blood on her face (laughs) yeah and then just turns into this woman but in her defense, she is trying to stop Psycho Gorman, who is, is, whose main motivation seems to be to destroy the galaxy. So, you know, the lesser of the two evils, I it's, would say. It's a tough thing also, because I feel like, though, the Templars also, I feel like, enslave the people of right. Gygax. Like, they're trying to stop someone who's trying to destroy the world, but they also seem bad. So it's yeah. like, everybody, like, they're all bad. <laughs> Everybody's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so... I really enjoyed the dialogue. And then another thing I wanted to talk about was there's a music montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for the music, the kids and PG are the band. So yes. Mimi sings, which in real life, the actress, she sings. Um, and Luke plays the guitar and PG is on the drums. Yes. And Alistair is keyboard, I believe, as a giant brain. Oh, poor. So PG, also he teaches her how to fight. They interact with some townsfolk. Yes. Uh, where... <laughs> he just blows them up. <laughs> yeah, this, this girl, she like says something mean to him. And so he just, he makes her explode. Um, his, his powers are a little vague as well. He seems to be able to like throw fireballs, but also turn people into like walking zombie things but also like they're like kind of magical but also there's just no rhyme or reason to it no he can just do everything which i mean i i guess if you're this powerful you can probably do a lot of things he's also very strong so i i feel like yeah you can just uh, i guess do anything you want (laughs) if he could destroy the universe Mm -hmm. um but yes he also he walks dogs (laughs) <laughs> and he gets to do a makeover. Yeah. So they give him a makeover. Alistair also gets in on the makeover a little bit with some hats. He gets to try on some different hats. And they play a prank on Greg with some cookies. Um, yeah, it's very like uh, opening uh, title sequence of a sitcom-esque, you know. Like yes. <laughs> they're all just having fun together yeah. and, and playing around. And also sometimes somebody gets exploded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then, so after the Please Kill Me Valentine, <laughs> the paladins show up, which would be PG's allies, and he tells them that they can kill Luke and Mimi, but they've actually cut a deal with the Templars, and so they like the way that things are going, mm-hmm. and so they've betrayed him, and so then we're going to have like a big fight in the forest. I love, yeah, I love, these are the characters that are saying, like, great character design, it was like the witch doctor type alien thing. Yes, the witch master. Yeah. So we're going to go through it. <laughs> okay. We're going to go through each one. <laughs> so first up, we have what's it, like a giant living trash can of dismembered body parts. Right. <laughs> and when shot, uh, like blood spills out. Like if you shot like a water tower. So blood kind of like streams out. And then... Uh, PG punches through the glass, I guess, of what would be the face of the trash can. 
And then it looks like the body parts start to, like, they start to go down as if it's, like, um, the, the, uh, drained. As if, yeah. like, the, the <laughs> thing is, like, being drained. And so that's how we've killed our, our first alien creature. <laughs> then there's the witch master who, with, like, a lasso, she starts to, like, pull off his head, which is a great effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ends up decapitating her instead later she thinks she's actually getting away with her <laughs> decapitated head i live to fight another day yes just rolling down the road and then she just gets run over and just, uh her head goes everywhere so um after the witch master he fights uh uh like a forest version of predator like a nature predator <laughs> And she has a rose for a heart, so he rips the rose out, smells it, crushes it in his hands, and then she just explodes. <laughs> then we have Cassius 3000, just like a metal man with like a metal bird on his shoulder that I feel like has to be like a reference to something and I didn't like the metal bird it's like I don't oh. know maybe like Breath of the Titans but like the metal man I don't know mm-hmm. exactly um because it's not like return to oz i i don't know uh but yeah so he fights a metal man who gets his face ripped off through a pool of water on the forest floor which i guess is like oblivion so he looks into (laughs) oblivion and has his face ripped off and then we have dark scream who's like the leader Mm -hmm. of the paladins and he looks like a lord of the rings zombie yeah and he is given a warrior's death, which means that PG just opens his mouth really wide and he eats you. So being yeah. eaten is a warrior's death. I was trying to think of what, it's like a like a snake, I guess, when it unhinges its jaw. Yeah. And to like swallow something that's much bigger than itself. Yeah, that's kind of the effect that we yeah. get. It's another good comparison. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then at the end... Uh, while the kids have have watched, mm-hmm. he uh, PG tells them the horrors you've just witnessed cannot be unseen. Your young minds will carry this until it consumes you in a miserable death. <laughs> and Mimi just says, "Cool." <laughs> um. So yes. So then, uh, like in in the end, um, Pandora is defeated, and PG is not going to kill the family. I do want to go over. Yes. When the family is, so Pandora goes and, and sort of makes friends with the mom. The mom goes on, gets on her side to like defeat PG and they sort of split the family up and the dad goes with Mimi and. Oh gosh. <laughs> we have this great uh, bit from him that I wrote down. Okay, great. <laughs> so Good. I'm, I'm glad you wrote it down. <laughs> Uh, as uh, he's giving her advice, he says, look, I know I'm not a good dad or a smart dad, but I've still got some dad wisdom for you. When I was your age, a weird guy in a van outside the school asked if I wanted to see his baseball cards. I said yes without thinking, and he took me in the back of his van and showed me his giant collection of pristine baseball cards. (laughs) I had a lot of fun, and I'm thankful I put my trust in that creepy weirdo. So I think you should trust your weird murdering monster. It's the grown-up thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
and that's uh, why Mimi decides to give this gem that she has been using to yeah. control him the whole movie that he could, you know, just then destroy everything. And then we also have, and this is a, a thing that the movie does, I think, uh, quite a few times where we have this moment where it seems like it's going to be really emotional and like kind of, kind of give the movie some some real like gravitas and like and then it ends up just being a joke because it's yeah just the way that this movie is but the scene where Mimi is praying uh and looking at the crucifix on the Mm -hmm. wall uh (laughs) she says during her prayer a huge battle between evil and worse evil is about to go down and I have a big very big decision to make which shade should I wear that's a trick question. I know I'm going to wear the deeper ones. In conclusion, why am I even talking to you? There's a new god in town, and his name is Psycho Gorman. <laughs> and he's coming for you, buddy. <laughs> and then she snaps the crucifix in half. <laughs> just too much. There's just too much to write down. Yeah. Yeah, and even in the end... Um, where you'd have your big learning moment. Yes, yes. Uh... PG now I will do what I was meant to do destroy everything the age of chaos begins anew and this is because he has learned the true power comes from within the power of love he gives Mimi the gem because he doesn't need it anymore from this learning this learning moment yeah and then he just goes off to destroy other places like other things um, so, the world yeah. really yeah, yeah. <laughs> he promises not to kill Mimi and her family but she forgot to get to ask him to uh not to kill everybody else. So he just goes off and uses his newfound power of love to destroy the galaxy. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so for um, my trivia, so the director, he was going for a movie that you would find on an early 90s video store shelf mm. with the movie. And I think that's yeah. a success. PG's also dressed up when they are like going through the forest. He's dressed up like Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. It is not a dress at all. <laughs> but that is how he is dressed up. I just assumed that that was an outfit that Mimi put him in for some reason. <laughs> but I didn't think of why uh, or what exactly it was he was dressed like. That's yeah. great. Um, and then there was a hunky boy real deal meal, which was like featured as like a special kids meal. And a collectible, like, Psycho Gorman activity box. Like a, like a McDonald's Happy Meal. Yeah. They just did it for Psycho Gorman. <laughs> and then you got, like, two, like, 16-ounce collector's cups. One with PG on it and one with Pandora on it. Where was this? When, this when? was, like, in Canada. <laughs> um, and that's one of the... I was going to show you. But, um, yeah. So, like, they did this. And it's just, like, I wish that... Oh, wow. There was a way to get this. They're, like, selling the carton, you know, like, on eBay for a lot of money. But... Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so that's all I have written down because there wasn't much trivia um, about, the, about the movie. So, yeah. all right, should we talk about food? Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot of ideas, but I thought it would be appropriate to make blood and sand cocktails oh, if yeah. you're looking for a drink uh, for Chobo Kid. And then, because I love the gnome stick so much, a gnome pretzel stick with just like, you know, a candy-covered pretzel stick, but you've got, like, a chocolate gnome on the end, uh, just like the gnome stick in the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a perfect idea. I know. I had written down while we were watching it, and there's the scene where Frederick um, loses his hand, mm-hmm. and there's, like, the blenders that are going, and then also on fire that it's just, like, blended and roasted, like something that's blended and roasted. 
Um, so I have not settled on something specific for the movie. Like, obviously, there's microwave chicken, but I'm not. I no. Know, no, no, <laughs> something that's microwave chicken. Uh, the aftermath of that in the microwave is the grossest thing. Uh, <laughs> but also, why choose, why choose to do that if yeah. I yeah, don't have to? Um, and then somebody else has already done the, the hunky boy meal. There's uh, the, so when the cop is uh, like turned inside out or whatever it is, the poor, <laughs> yeah. the poor police officer, one has gone back to report what has happened and then the other one is just miserable and he gives this um, this valentine to her that says like, please kill me that I was like, oh, maybe you could do like a please kill me cookie. Yeah. You know, like little like valentine cookies, cookies that say like, please kill me on them. <laughs> But also something that's funny is like so when the cop is at the police station, there's this shot that it was also his birthday. This happened to him on his birthday. <laughs> and so they're just cutting into, by the way, he's not there. They're cutting into his birthday cake that says like, happy birthday, Vince. They're eating this cake without him. And the picture oh, no. weirdly is, and I don't know why uh, his birthday cake would have this, but like, yeah, so his birthday cake has what looks like a headshot of him, the cop, <laughs> behind it. Right. And then next to it is a giant bowl of Splenda for no reason. <laughs> and I thought that was so odd. But Maybe they, you know, they just wanted to make sure the audience knew that it was his birthday cake. So that's why they have the headshot yes. there. They have the right. other cop going, like, Vince, like, he's, like, so sad about yeah. it. Like, worried about him as they cut into the cut into the cake. But I thought that that was really funny. Um, and then if you wanted to do, like, shots, like, the mom, before she turns into kind of, like, this alien warrior. There's also mm-hmm. like pink or purple, green and blue like shots that she kind of mixes for this like alien drink. And then there's um, bluegulls. The council is eating these like blue noodles. Right. <laughs> Don't hog all the bluegulls. So yes, they're eating those. But I, I kind of, I like the idea of the please kill me Valentine cookies. So I, yeah. I might end up making those. That sounds um, fun. Yes. And then continuing with food um, for a little thing today, I was going to do a like for our little game, I was going to have you guess um, some foods that are either retro, like discontinued in the 90s, or Canadian food. Oh, God. <laughs> There's like six of them. So, oh, right. and you know, it's it's just for fun. Well, so I guess I've got a 50-50 shot here, no so pressure. go ahead. <laughs> no pressure. So the first one that I have is Pop-Tart Crunch Cereal, which is just like mini Pop-Tarts cereal. Oh, I don't. Feel like I would remember if they had that. Okay, I'll go with Canadian. They're actually nineties. It's a really? 90s cereal. Right. Yeah. I, I don't I don't remember those. Do you remember Pop Tart Crunch being a thing? I do remember these. I wish these were out now. I would eat these now. Yeah. I and mean, I suppose Pop Tarts are kind of like having a moment right now. Are they? It seems like. Well, that ice cream place that's near us is doing like Pop Tarts, and then oh, I guess you know what? No, it's Fruit Loops. It's Fruit Loops that are having a moment because oh, it yeah. was the Fruit Loop flavored Pop Tarts that they brought over Mm. anyway okay so next (laughs) i have rice krispies multi-grain shapes cereal which so another cereal um and then the the shapes are stars fish people and trees all right i feel like canada is healthier than us in the united states so i'm gonna go with canadian okay that one is (laughs) yes All right, and then I have, so Hostess Hickory Sticks, which are like a julienne hickory smoked potato chip. Oh. Uh, Okay, Uh, I'm going to guess Canadian again. (laughs) That is Canadian. You're right. (laughs) 
did it. Why does hickory sound like a Canadian thing? <laughs> I don't know. Producer Ryan got that one right also. And I'm like, I don't know. The the, the Hostess logo and stuff, yeah. it looks like retro. Yeah. That they still, I had no idea that they, you know, made stuff that was savory. But yeah. So then I have Frito-Lay's Crunch Taters. And they're hot and spicy jalapeno potato chips with a really hard crunch. All right. No, I feel like the little cartoon guy looks old, so I'm going to go retro. Okay, yes, that yes. is. That is from the 90s. <laughs> and then... I By have, the way, for our listeners, which is everyone who can't see anything, Casey is holding up examples for me. <laughs> yes, I figure since I'm describing it, you can still play along yeah. at home. But yes, at least for her, I'm, I'm showing a, a photo of these of these items. Um, so then I have Lifesavers Holes, which is essentially the punched out center of the Lifesavers. Okay. And they're just like, they've used all the little centers and then put them in a tube. I feel like I remember these. I'm retro. Yes, yeah. it is retro. It is 90s. And then my last one, Heinz Zoodles, which are like SpaghettiOs, but they're zoo animals instead of O's or, you know, like alphabets or... Oh. Uh, Canadian? They are Canadian. <gasps> Yay! And they, it, it was funny because I made this game before I watched Turbo Kid. Yeah. And there's the point where Apple is like eating. She's like, oh, I can eat food. Mm-hmm. And then she just throws up on yes. him. And it, it's like, she says something about like a dragon or something like that. But I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like the zoodles. She threw up <laughs> on him. You did good. Yay. I think that was four? Yeah. Five. five. No, that was five. Yay. Good job, I'm Grace. I'm good at this game. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, Grace, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we start wrapping up? I think I've covered it. Okay. Then do you want to tell people where they can find us and what the theme for the next episode will be? So you can find us on Instagram at movie underscore matchup or on sugarednerd.com. And uh, tune in for our next episode where the theme will be remake over. And as always, a man doesn't know how strong he is until being strong is the only choice he has.